If we go to Genesis 4.9, Genesis 4.9, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my, am I my brother's keeper? He's like smarting off to, the, to God. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, this guy's something else. He's smarting off. He's smart out into God. After he just killed his brother. As if God doesn't know. Okay. Next verse, Genesis 4.10, And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. That's what happens when we spill innocent blood. Genesis 4.11, And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Hey, I'm telling you, this is God's, this is the way God looks at it. We may not, but don't really matter what we think. All matters what God thinks. So, it says that when you spill innocent blood, the earth opens up to receive the brother, this blood from your hand. Now again, if you've ever had an abortion, I'm not here to condemn you. Okay, I'm not, I used to support abortion. Okay, when I was, um, when I was how I grew up, my mom was, I didn't ever give money toward it, but these types of things. And there is forgiveness, okay? I'm not saying God's not big enough to forgive you. I'm just saying that people that are getting these abortions and there's no repentance, and they're doing it for the God of self, okay, this is what we're, what we're mainly in reference to. I mean, you, obviously, you would need to repent. You would need to get right with the Lord and, and ask His forgiveness. And I, I'm not saying the blood of Jesus Christ isn't enough to cover any, over any sin. Um, Matthew 18.6 says, But who shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me? It were better for him that a millstone would hang around his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Continuing, with this whole study on witchcraft. Now we've covered the abortion end. We've covered the child sacrifice end. If we go to Deuteronomy 18.10, it says, it continues, it says, or that useth divination. Now let's just read. There shall not be found among any of you anyone that maketh a son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination. Okay, what's that mean? divination, was used of Balaam in Numbers 22.7 and Joshua 13.22. Well, we can go there. Numbers 22.7 Numbers 22.7 And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination. See, this is why people do it. Because there's a reward. An unrighteous reward. It's money. The rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. Joshua 13.22 Joshua 13.22 Balaam also the son of Beor, Beor, the soothsayer, did the children of Israel slay, did the children of Israel slay with the sword among them that were slain by them. Okay, so he was a soothsayer, which is another uh, witchcraft word in which we uh, talk about divination. Saul asked the witch of Endor to divine unto me. 
in 1 Samuel 28.8. The same word in Ezekiel 21.1 describes the king of Babylon as he tried to decide which way to approach Jerusalem. Okay, it portrays him as throwing down a handful of arrows, hoping that a certain one will point to a route that he believes is the will of his God. This is, this is insanity. But this is, this is witchcraft. It also records that he consults the images as he looks into the liver. Okay, you ever see these people that talk about, well, we read tea leaves and we read organs and all these other... I'm telling you, they got all kind of ways, Satan's got all kind of ways that you can practice witchcraft. You know? Myriad of ways. He makes it really easy for you if you, if you want to get involved in this abomination. Reading and interpreting the livers of sacrificial animals was another form of determining the will of the gods. Give me a break. I serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one true God. I don't need any of these other false gods. And you don't either as a born-again Christian. So if we continue, so that use of divination, well let me just make sure I've thoroughly got through this divination part. Because we wanted to find these, okay, no I haven't actually. Divination. This is from the Webster's 1828. The act of divining, a foretelling of future events, or discovering things secret or obscure by the aid of superior beings. Give me a break. They're devils. Or by other than or by other than human means. Now I understand there are certain times in the Jewish things that they actually did things like that Urim and Thurim and these types of things where they're actually trying to get a hold of God, okay, to find these things out, okay. But that is basically right now the exception to the rule. That was during Old Testament Levitical times when the Bible says that the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after knowledge. Well let's let's that's how God dealt with the Jews. It's not that way anymore, okay? Or it's not that way as a Gentile believer, that's for sure. So if we go further, the ancient heathen philosophers divided divinations into two kinds, natural and artificial. Natural divination was supposed to be affected by a kind of inspiration or divine afflatus. Artificial divination was affected by certain rites, experiments or observations as by sacrifices, cakes, flour, wine, observations of entrails, flight of birds, lots, verses, omens, position of the stars. Now, a lot of this stuff people do today. Position of the stars, that's astrology. Okay, the word divine is defined as to use or practice divination. To utter presages or prognostications. You ever hear of divining rods? Dowsers? The guys that do the divining, the dowsers? That's witchcraft, man. Witchcraft! Does that mean there's no truth behind it? I'm not saying that. There's a lot of people that have struck water using divining rods. If that's all it's going to take for the devil to get you to hell, do you think he's not going to throw you a bone? Sure, here you go. <laughs> that's all it's going to take to get you to hell. That's a small price for the devil to pay. Okay, so let's go further. What's the next thing they mention in this? Deuteronomy 18.10, or that use a divination, or an observer of times... Now, this also falls under the category of divination and would include horoscopes and astrology. An observer of times. One who pretends to foretell by the clouds, the planets, etc. Observer of times may be a reference to divination by reading the clouds. Soothsaying. 
which we also talked, Balaam was a soothsayer, it even says it in the Bible. Soothsaying is a relatively rare word in the Bible that describes some form of divination, the practitioner of which is also described by the King James Version as an observer of times. In Deuteronomy 18.10. Because it sounds like the Hebrew word for cloud, some scholars believe it it refers to cloud reading. Um, this may have been similar to tea leaf reading or astrology, which is a reading of the stars. Okay, so astrology which is basically where we get our horoscopes from, is divination, it's being an observer of time, it's witchcraft, it's an abomination in the sight of God. Oh, now you're really stepping on my toes. I get up every morning and read my horoscopes. Well, you know, if you do that, and you call yourself a Christian, you're mingling, intermingling witchcraft with Christianity. And you shouldn't be doing that. God forbids this practice. And he just forbid it in Deuteronomy 18.10. He, he forbids it in Leviticus 19.26. Wicked King Manasseh was also guilty of this sin. You can check that out in 2 Kings 21.6. And Well, let's just go to one of those. 2 Kings 21.6. 2 Kings 21.6. Verse 6. 2 Kings 21.6, we've already read this earlier, but uh, this is wicked King Manasseh, and he made his son to pass through the fire. Now, we already talked about how that's forbidden, that's child sacrifice. And there's what's the second thing they say then? And observe times, and used enchantments. Observe times, that's like astrology. That's this divination, and used enchantments. So, notice, he's doing child sacrifice and astrology. It's all mentioned as in the same category and context, is forbidden. And he dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord. Not a good thing. You don't want to be messing with this. The prophets of the Old Testament also condemn this occult practice. Um, let's go to Isaiah 2.6. I'm not going to hit... Every, you, can, you can look up these verses, I think we're, we're hopefully proving our point here that this is something you don't want to mess around with. Why would you want to? God is so much greater than any of this. Why won't you? Why? I don't even understand what the temptation would be as a Christian. Other than maybe just a lack of faith. I, I, don't, I don't really understand it. Why, why would even, why do even you want to mess with this stuff? Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves and the children of strangers. So they talked about the soothsayers like the Philistines. And all this is, a, is an abomination and forbidden by the Lord. Isaiah 57.3 Isaiah 57.3 But draw near thither, ye sons of the sorceress, and the seed of the adulterer and the whore. Wow. And then verse 5, Inflaming yourselves with idols under every green tree, slaying the children in the valleys under the cliffs of the rocks. Again, that makes reference to child sacrifice. Which you notice, so much of all of this is always lumped together. You think, well, astrology, it's a, it's a harmless little thing. But look what it's lumped with. It's, it's so many times it's mentioned in the same context as child sacrifice. So evidently it's not something just little and harmless. Look at what it leads to. Look at what is yoked up with it in the Bible. I mean, that's all you got to do. It's, it's obviously very, very bad stuff. Jeremiah 7, uh, 27, 9. Jeremiah 27, 9. Therefore hearken not ye to your prophets, 
nor your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon. Now, if what your diviners and dreamers and prophets and all these things are saying doesn't line up with what the word of God is, it's, that's why the Bible says, don't. there was a time um, when, yes, you could, you could go to your prophets if he was a godly prophet, and it would be true. Now, the diviners were never true, and the enchanters and the dreamers and the sorcerers, I don't believe, you know, Obviously, that's really involved in the realm of witchcraft. But there were some true prophets back then, obviously. Jeremiah was one of them. Okay, so if we go further with this. Okay, so going back to Deuteronomy 18.10. So we've talked about divination and, or, or an observer of times. These are things you don't want to mess with. And then it says, or an enchanter. Now, an enchanter, according to the Webster's 1828, is one who enchants, a sorcerer, or a magician, one who has spirits or demons at his command. Oh, I always thought that was a nice word. I was enchanted with her presence. No, it's actually a term used out of witchcraft. It really is. One who enchants, a sorcerer, a magician, one who has spirits or demons at his command, one who has practices enchantment. Or pretends to perform surprising things by the agency of demons. Do you, I mean, this is one of the ways they recruit people into witchcraft. I've seen this scenario presented where, like, you go into a room, and this guy's involved with witchcraft, and he has his friend who's thinking about getting involved with witchcraft, and he says, hey, you see that table over there? I can make that table come off the ground. And the guy's like, oh, no way. And whatever, he summons some demon, and the demon which has power, raises the stinking table off the ground, and then he puts it back down. And then the guy says, oh, well, wow, that's more real than anything I've ever seen. I'm going to be a witch, too. What about, like, the sun that came up this morning? And how the earth is rotating constantly? And how our heart is beating, you know, uh, so many times per minute to keep us alive? And how our body's, you know, full of abs absolute electrical impulses that, that basically supply our organs? The blood that feeds... Everything that went into making the earth and the universe and life what it is. What about that? Who cares about some table raising or whatever little parlor trick they're going to use? But see, they'll, they'll, they'll buy into that more than anything else. So many times. Now, these are things that we should be praying against. I'm not just saying all this to present the problem. I'm saying these are things that are real. More real today than ever, thanks to Harry Potter and the indoctrination of witchcraft that our kids are getting, Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, one of an, another, basically, witches. Do you know he was a member of the Golden Dawn? Which is one of the most satanic groups ever. C.S. Lewis. And please, if you have any doubts, just email me and, and I'll get you the whole... I'll get you the whole documentation list on Tolkien or C.S. Lewis or any of those guys. People that are, that are involved in high-level witchcraft actually are required many times to read the works of C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. Okay, which have a Christian veneer but preach another gospel. There, that was the initial interminglings of Christianity with modern-day witchcraft in this century at least. Okay, so, please don't fall for that either. So, an enchanter does all these things, uh, is one who charms or delights. Now, the next part of Deuteronomy 18.10 says, these are things that you don't do, or a witch. In, in other words, you don't consult with a witch. The word translated in the King James Version, 
witchcraft in Galatians 5.20 is pharmakia, is the ordinary Greek uh, word for sorcery. Though it literally means an act of administering drugs and then giving magical potions. Okay, so this is where we get the word for pharmakia, which is where we get the word for pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, drugs. Okay? Now, I don't have a problem with, with drugs that are used to save somebody's lives if like you're in an accident or these types of things. But all I'm saying is that this is where we get that root word from. And whenever we're on uh, these, these drugs, particularly these, these mind-altering drugs, you know, like, like LSD and these types of things, these crank drugs, it's a proven fact that these people, particularly with this crystal meth and this crank, when they get on this stuff, I mean, I had, I had correspondence recently with, with a, a brother that came out of that, and, I mean, he was telling me all the things that they actually see. And they will actually start seeing into the spirit world. People that are on LSD, it was well known. Well, I saw little green men. Well, that was more true than you actually knew. Because it actually, what it starts to do is open up your third eye, which is, which is considered the, uh, I don't know, some kind of chakra in Hinduism or whatever. When you, as a witch, one of the things you aspire and try to attain to, typically, is trying to have your third eye open. When you have your third eye open, you can actually start seeing into the spirit world, which is a world that is forbidden to us as humans. We're not supposed to always be able to see into the spirit world. It has something to do with severing the link between soul and spirit, according to the witchcraft doctrines. Okay? But it's forbidden. Okay? When these people get on these mind-altering drugs like LSD or crank or crystal meth or whatever, and they start seeing things in the spirit world, that is actually more real than you'd ever know. And a lot of times, what they see, they don't like. <laughs> it's scary stuff. Okay? But this is the exact reason why people that are involved in the occult try to get people hooked upon these drugs. Because it alters their mind. It makes, the, it makes them much more susceptible to demonic infestation. That's why they want it. Because the more demonically infested you become, the more work you're going to do for the devil, and the less likelihood you're ever going to do anything for the Lord, or ever lead anybody to the Lord. So, that's when we talk about the word witch or witchcraft. Now, let's go a little bit further. Witch, defined by the Webster's 1828, a woman who by compact with the devil practices sorcery or enchantment. Notice it says compact with the devil. What does that mean? They've signed many times a literal agreement with the devil. Sometimes they make the devil make them sign it in their own blood. I, I know that sounds crazy, but it happens. It depends how high you are. It depends what level you are. If you're an entry level witchcraft or whatever, I'm not saying this is the case. If you're practicing Wicca, which is white witchcraft, which they call good witchcraft, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Many times that may not be the case, but here's the, here's always the case. In order to progress further, it is always the case that you have to participate in darker and darker and darker things until you get into what they call gray and black witchcraft, because that's where you find out, once you're in, it's like being in the mafia, that in order to gain, you have to do darker and darker things in order to gain more and more power. So a woman who by compact with the devil practices sorcery and enchantment. Also, it's also defined as a woman who is given to unlawful arts. Um, witch, to bewitch, to fascinate, to enchant. See, witches can put spells on people, particularly if they're unsaved, and that can enchant them. And you ever heard, I mean, go up on, go up on the internet and, and, and type in love spell. You can go buy these stinking love spells all over the internet. It's like Witchcraft 101. They're all over the internet. And why not? Harry Potter and all the other things. Hey, you, you want to get what you want? Revenge on somebody? You want it? You want to? You want to? Uh, if you like a uh, particular um, 
boy or girl, you want to be your boyfriend or girlfriend, well, you can put a spell on them. See, it gives you that instant gratification that, that people, that the self wants. It, they give a expression that they used back in old English times, when under this one definition of which, which, which is more the verb part, it actually was used as a verb back then, to bewitch, to fascinate, to enchant. And in the, in the and the example they gave was interesting. It says, I'll witch sweet ladies with my words and looks. I'll witch sweet ladies. We don't use the word witch anymore like a verb. But back then they did. That's why I like this Webster's 1828. I'll witch sweet ladies with my words and looks. Well, isn't that what Satan, in a way, did to Eve in the Garden of Eden? He came to her, he was more subtle than any beast of the field. He seemed like a nice guy. Yea, hath God said. He didn't really say that. He knows that the day you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good or evil, that you shall be as gods. He knows it. She fell for it. Witchcraft is defined as the practices of witches, sorcery, enchantments. It's also referred to intercourse with the devil. Did you know that? Many times these people, these women, that actually go really far into the occult, they will actually... These spirits, they're called incubus and succubus spirits, that cause all these, um, they come to you in the night many times. They can actually, for somebody that has open doors, they can actually come to you and have sex with you. There's a lot of women that are in, um, I've, I've read about this quite frequently, that are caught up in this. And they actually, these spirits visit them sometimes on a nightly basis. And they actually have these relations with these spirits. And it says right here, witchcraft, one of the definitions, and this is according to the Webster's 1828, they knew this back then, is intercourse with the devil, or a devil. Pharmakia, which is where we get the word for sorcery and witchcraft, is a form of the Greek word which we use to get our English words pharmacy, pharmacist, pharmaceutical. Pharmakia, or sorcery, fundamentally has to do with drugs or medicine. Quite obviously, this has to do with mind-altering drugs. A more relevant and contemporary application could hardly be found. The denunciation contained in Revelation 921, 18-23, 21 and 22-15 may apply to those who use drugs to bring on trances during which they claim to have supernatural knowledge or power. Let's go there real quick. Revelation 921... Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to be wrapping it up here in a second. I just wanted to get to the end of this verse. Revelation, yes. Revelation 9.21. Thanks, dear. Revelation 9.21 says, well, let's just read verse 20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues. Now, this is after God sent in all these plagues on the earth. What is it going to take for these people to repent? doesn't matter. Their consciences have been seared with hot iron. They're not going to repent. They don't have the ability to repent anymore. Because God's not going to, The Bible says the Spirit of God will not always strive with man forever. He's not going to give you infinite amount of chances to get saved. You don't just don't come and get saved when you feel like you're going to get saved. Well, I'll get saved on my deathbed. It's not what you want to do. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit has to be there to draw you. And if the Holy Spirit has withdrawn Himself from you, you can't get saved. Verse 20, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils 
and idols of gold and silver, brass and stone and of wood, which can neither see, hear, nor walk. Now, hey, this is during the tribulation, right? You would think, oh, we're too sophisticated to, to actually worship idols which, which are made of brass and stone. And, and we, we won't worship devils. Oh, yes, we will. And not, not us personally, not Bible-believing Christians. But I'm just saying, it says right here that we're going back to that in a very, very tangible, real way. Because you, you, you look back to the Old Testament and you think, how could these people, some stupid molek altar, stone thing, how could they... I'm telling you, we're coming back to it. And then verse 21, Neither repented they of their murderers, nor their sorceries, and this word sorceries is derived from the word pharmakia, which has to do with mind-altering drugs and substances, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Okay? So, if we go further, uh, Revelation 18.23 18.23 says, And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all, and shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Do you understand what this is saying? Sorceries, which is the root word of pharmakia, which is essentially also the root word for witchcraft, Sorcery and witchcraft are interchangeable. It says that by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and all that were slain upon the earth. So this is something I think we want to pay a little bit of attention to here. Revelation 21.8 Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers See, when, you, when, you're, when you're fearful... That also implies that you're unbelieving. I'm not saying that, that we're supposed to, like, we can't ever have fear about anything. About, But the thing is, is, remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But the fear of God is the exact opposite of that. So we want to fear God, not man. So that's when it says, when the fearful, we're talking the fear of man here. And the unbelieving, because that goes along with, with fear, fear of man, unbelieving. What does that imply? No faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not, of things not seen. Okay, so, unbelieving implies a total lack of faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. So, but the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, which is where we drive the word from witchcraft and pharmakia, and the idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake of fire, with, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation 22.15 Revelation 22.15 For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Notice they group all of this together in the same big terrible boat. In the New Testament, pharmakia carried with it the idea of sorcery, occultism, and black magic. In this sense, Paul used the term in Galatians 5.20 well, let's see what Galatians 5.20 says. Galatians 5.20 Now these are the works of... Uh, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest and are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which means lustfulness, idolatry, witchcraft, 
Hatred, Variance, Emulations, Wrath, Stripes, Seditions. Okay, so, Witchcraft, which is also interchangeable with Sorcery. Strong's definition for Sorcery, um, in Galatians 5.20, the word Pharmakia is the root word, from the word Medication, or Pharmacy. By extension, magic, literally or figuratively. So this is actually drugs used in a magical way. KJV uh, defines sorcery, witchcraft. Uh, Fair's definition of this word is the use of, admin of administering of drugs, poisoning, sorcery, magical arts, often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it. Metaphorically, the deceptions and the seductions of idolatry. Pharmaceutical drugs are not to be confused with natural foods and herbs which God hath put on our earth for our healing. Now again, some herbs though are, are mind-altering and they can be just as bad. So, let's go ahead and stop there for today, and we'll, we'll pick up with Deuteronomy 18, verse 11, and I'll go ahead and close this. Okay, this is an addendum to this part one message, and what happened is that when I was done with this particular teaching, uh, I realized I didn't have very long to go, so it's kind of pointless for me to make a part two on this. I'm just going to finish out this, we're just going to have one part, and... Um, this will be inserted between um, after the uh, appropriate part and between the ending prayer. So, um, essentially, if we start at Deuteronomy 18.11, it says in Deuteronomy 18.11, or a charmer, or a consulter of familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Okay, we're going to discuss what each one of these means. A charmer uh, is defined in the Webster's 1828 as one that charms or has the power to charm. One that uses or has the power of enchantment. So again, we're dealing with witchcraft here. Uh, just kind of a different way of saying it. A uh, wizard is actually defined as a conjurer, an enchanter, or a sorcerer. So what we have here is a lot of overlapping in the actual um, meanings and definitions of these words. Uh, a consulter with familiar spirits would be more into the realms of um, like the witch of Endor that uh, Saul sought who had a familiar spirit and a lot of times the familiar spirits have a great uh, I, I guess it's their attribute that they have an actual ability to um, discern things, things of this nature. Many times they're lying to you though so they're brilliant at lying as well. But a familiar spirit is a spirit that is familiar particularly with the actions of a given person. Now, I said that because there's a lot of people that say, well, I was reincarnated and, um, you know, I was this in a former life. I saw this one particular show one time where this little kid, like at the age of two or three, said that he was this airplane plane pilot in World War II, got shot down over the South Pacific, knew all these exact things, what had happened, uh, and how he got shot down, the plane, the, the name of the plane, and he flew, I mean everything, I mean it was really convincing, so somebody would watch that and say, oh wow, well that's, uh, that's proof there for reincarnation, and that we do live more than one life, and, and we just keep going around and around until we get it right, which is a life from the pit of hell, because the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Now, I can explain this, but there's very few people that, that Christianity-wise, will try to explain this or have any conception of this. They typically stay away from this type of information. Evidently, because it scares them, maybe they're just not versed in it. I don't really know. Maybe it gets too creepy for them. But this is the battle 
this is really the true battlefield. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places. This is our true battle. Jesus talked about, you know, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, This is a spiritual battle far more than it is any kind of flesh and blood battle. Okay, now, when you're dealing with a familiar spirit, like I just mentioned, and, and let's just take this little boyfriend so that, that had all this foreknowledge of this life, and there's no possible way this kid could have had this. Understand something. If you're possessed, or let's say, not even possessed, let's say oppressed by a demon, okay, that demon is familiar with you and your actions, correct? Well, that's why I believe one of the reasons these are called familiar spirits because they're familiar with with habits of a particular person that they either possessed or oppressed during a given lifetime. Okay, so what happens is is when this guy goes down over the, over the South Pacific, the Bible talks about these spirits when they don't have a body to occupy, they seek to 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 occupy another body. Okay, the Bible talks about in, in the Gospels where where you know the spirit will seek out um, you know a body to occupy, and that this is this is one of the ways evidently that a spirit like this. It's not like he can physically eat or sleep or do these types of things, but it's one of the ways I believe they get maybe relief from the torment that they're in, or maybe the torment that they know is to come, is, to by, is by occupying these bodies. Um, it's no... It's no marvel, it's no wonder. The, the Bible's very clear on this. People can be oppressed or possessed by demons. Okay, These demons see everything that you do. Particularly if they were with you your whole life. There's also the, the aspect of generational curses where the Bible talks about the generations of the, uh, the curses of the forefather are passed to the third and fourth generation. So this is something that you know does happen. And these spirits are familiar with you. And so, uh, let's say this guy goes over the South Pacific. Well, okay, there's, there's a demon or demons that are familiar with his habits. they got to go someplace. It's not like they go to hell. Let's say this guy goes to hell, which was probably the case, because most people do go to hell, let's face it. I mean, narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be defined. I'm not saying that because I think I'm better. I'm just saying it's a fact. Unfortunately, it's a fact. It would be wonderful if we could say 50, 50, you know, 50% go to hell and 50% go to heaven. It's not even close to that ratio, unfortunately. It's probably about a 2 to 3% ratio. Um, I can't obviously prove that, but most likely it's, it's in that type of thing, unfortunately. Um, so, this familiar spirit has to go somewhere. He's going to seek a body to inhabit. Well, okay, this is, let's say, um, 50 or 60 or 70 years later. Okay? That demon has obviously either possessed, oppressed other people in the interim period but at some point, that demon ends up, for some way, for one reason or another, that demon ends up being assigned to this little boy. When he's born, this is how this, this kid had all of this foreknowledge of what... It's the only way he could have. Because if we were to accept the fact that reincarnation really does happen, which is a lie from the pit of hell, 
then we might as well just throw our Bibles out the window. But you see, Satan is the most subtle beast of the field. He's very good at what he does. And he has a whole minion of armies that are very good at what they do. They're adept. They each have specialties. It's not like just all devils are just the same kind of devils. There's different hierarchies, ranks. Like the Bible says, princes, principalities, rules of wickedness. What does that indicate? That indicates different rankings. Okay, so there's different demons that are also, and I believe demons and fallen angels are two different things. I've done other teachings on that. But there's other spiritual entities that have different rankings. Okay, they have different abilities, they have different specialties. Like you go to a doctor and he's a specialist in this or that. Okay, so um, this is how we can explain these people that have all this foreknowledge of supposedly their past lives. And it's really an incredible tool of Satan because somebody watching this program is going to look at that and say, wow, this little kid, he really was born in a... And you know what? They're going to they're gonna automatically make that leap of logic if they buy into that enough. But you know what? The Bible doesn't apply because the Bible doesn't teach reincarnation. The Bible teaches this, this God that, that, that is, that is all-knowing, all all-loving, but He's also a just God. And there's a heaven and a hell. And they don't want to accept that. So they would rather accept what comes on TV and buy into that. So... This, when you get into the consultant with familiar spirits, many times the reason that these familiar spirits, like with a psychic or somebody that reads a crystal ball or tea leaves or whatever they're reading, the familiar spirits are consulting with the witch or the wizard or whatever you want to call them in order to give them this foreknowledge of whatever they're trying to do. Um, now, Here's another thing. These familiar spirits that emanate and, and work through a witch or wizard or whoever you want to call them, or necromancer, they are talking to the witch, okay? In some way, shape, or form. Whether that's subliminal, whether it's a voice, they, I don't exactly know how that all works, okay? But some way they have of communicating. Now, much of the time they're wrong. This is why every single time you'll see these psychic friends, you know, like the DN uh, Warwick Psychic Friends Network, that gets shut down, they get sued, they make their money, they get out, because so much of the time they're wrong anyway. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 that the test of a prophet is you've got to get it right 100% of the time, if he's of God. If he's right 50% of the time, he's not of God, because it's got to be 100%. Okay? Um, so you have these, uh, these, these psychics and these types of people, the demons that are working through them, these familiar spirits, have the ability to communicate with the demons of the person that walked in the door that wants their fortune read. Whether they were looking, scrying a crystal ball, or reading tea leaves, or doing whatever they're doing, don't you understand that there's got to be demonic communication between the demonic entities? And the demon that's possessing or oppressing the person that's coming in wanting this, this foreknowledge is going to communicate with the familiar spirit of the medium, of the psychic, of the witch, whatever you want to call her. That witch will in turn get this information. Now again, many times that's even wrong. Okay? But this is how these psychics and these people work. And you notice, they never give the Lord Jesus Christ the glory. So you know right there they're not of God. They don't get it right 100% of the time. So you know right there they're not of God. Basically, um, this is the this is the lie that's said, and what I just said is very important because I don't ever hear sermons preached on this ever. Okay, not to say I'm better and I know everything. It's just that over the years I figured this out. I was I was brought up in a lot of this this uh, um, occult um, stuff with with the psychics and stuff. My mom was into that, and and um, you know, uh, so I've had a good dose of it myself. And, and uh, I I was deceived at one time, and and now. I want to help other people so that they're not deceived. So, 
if we go further, then we can talk about uh, necromancer, which is the uh, last part of this Deuteronomy 18.11. Necromancer, one who, <coughs> one who pretends to foretell future events by holding uh, conversations with the, with departed spirits. Okay, they pretend okay, to foretell future events by holding conversations with departed spirits. A conjurer. Okay, now again, these are not departed spirits. The, the, it's not like this. the spirits of the dearly departed. The Bible says that absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay, if you're a Christian. Okay, and if you don't go to heaven, you go to hell. Just ask the rich man. Okay, on Lazarus and, and the rich man, the parable in the Bible that Jesus told, except, except he actually gave them actual names, it was the only time in the, the Bible where he said a parable where he actually gave them real names. The Bible says when the rich man lift up his eyes, he was in torment, he was in hell, he was on fire essentially. Okay, this is a real place. So you either go to heaven or hell. Okay, and you can't talk to people once they have left you know, their bodies. You can't just conjure them up from hell. or have, And don't you think if you were able to conjure somebody up knowing that the vast majority of people are in hell, don't you think that if they were really going to be honest with you, they would be screaming to get saved? And, and I mean, even Lazarus, being in torments in hell, said, can you go back and, and tell my brothers, I don't want them to come to this place. Okay, he cared about his loved ones even being in hell. So don't you think that these, these, these um, spirits of the dearly departed would do the exact same thing if they had the opportunity? I mean, why wouldn't they? But no, they come back, oh, it's Uncle John. Just tell everybody in the family I'm fine. I'm in a better place. It's wonderful here in heaven. And he's not even in heaven. He's in hell. Uncle John wasn't even saved. He was a good Catholic. Or he was a good whatever. Okay, I'm just using that as an example in the dramatization. Okay, and that, this is the thing, what, the big lie about this whole thing is because if you believe in the necromancy thing too, you might as well throw your Bible out the door. And that's the whole point of all of this stuff. It's the whole point of witchcraft is to get you into hell. Because that's Satan's main goal is to get you into hell and use whatever means he has to trick you and to do whatever it takes in order to get the job done. And he's got a lot of specialists that are very, very, very good at what they do. That's why you don't mess with this stuff. Because you're going to get over your head very quick. Quite frankly, I don't know why anybody who's a Christian would want to mess with this stuff. I want to, Personally, I like to battle against it because we're called to that battle. We battle not against flesh and blood. Remember again, remember that. This is our battle. Okay? And the Bible says the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, so these are things where we're actually in battle. And the Bible refers to, you know, be as a good soldier and these types of things. Okay, but we're supposed to engage in battle under the Lord's terms, under His rule book. Not like going to battle and using the occult to battle. That's like good, that's like good and bad witchcraft. White and, white and black witchcraft. There's no such thing. You can't do it that way. It doesn't work. You may think you're doing it, but you're self-deceived. So, necromancy is just another lie from the pit of hell that's b being used by Satan to take a whole lot of people to hell. Um, so, another definition of necromancy, the art of revealing, the dark art of revealing future events by means of a pretended communication with the dead. Uh, this imposter, imposture is prohibited according to Deuteronomy 18. Well, yeah, and that's what we're talking about now. Deuteronomy 18.12 says, For all they that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. 
uh, next verse, Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Now when he says perfect, it doesn't mean you live in sinless perfection. Okay, like the Bible talks about um, Noah being, you know, perfect in all his days and these types of things. You know, you do the best that you can do. You, 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 um... And there's another context with Noah as well, because there was a genetic polluting going on in, the, in that time too. Remember, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. So that's a whole other rabbit trail. We don't have time to go down. But um, perfect doesn't mean that you're supposed to, that, that you're going to go around living in sinless perfection. Okay. And again, that's a whole other subject. But I just wanted to clarify that point a little bit. Then Deuteronomy 18.14 says, For these nations which, which thou shalt, shalt possess hearkened unto the observer of times, which would be like astrology, and unto the diviners, which we've already discussed this, but as for thee, the Lord, the Lord thy God hath not, hath not suffered thee, that word suffered mean to, means to permit, hath not suffered thee to do so. So these are things that we want to go around doing. Okay, we want to stay away from them, avoid them like the plague, and um, that's what we want to do with all that. So I believe, I'm just looking through this, I believe that, yeah, that's it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and end this, and this will just be, you know, one teaching on this particular subject. And may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. It's out on a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for all your goodness and your mercy. And Lord God, for saving our souls, Lord God, in heaven. I pray, Lord God, if there's anyone here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, anyone listening to this, that you'd save their souls, Father God, for which you will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance, that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive. And that, Lord God, that you would use the body of Christ in a mighty way for your glory. Lord God in heaven, that, that many people would be saved as a result of what you're going to do by the Holy Spirit, by your angelic host, by the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, what you're going to do through us. For Lord God, we can do nothing apart from thee. According to John 15, you are the vine, we are the branches, and there is nothing that we can do apart from you. We are nothing apart from you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would keep us humble that the fear of God would be upon the body of Christ, and those around us, Lord God, that need to get saved, and that that fear would drive them to repentance, that, Lord God, you would overthrow the wicked, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing. I don't ask you, Lord God, to, to just overthrow the wicked so that they could all go to hell. I pray if it be possible that their souls would be saved, Lord. But if not, Lord God, you know the beginning from the end. I pray, Lord God, that the wicked would not prosper in their wickedness. And that you would do whatever it takes to drive them to repentance. And if they will not repent, Lord God, by your judgment upon them, that you would use that to lead many people to the Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form. That you would cleanse us of from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength, our King, and our Redeemer. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.